Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. You get three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, including our legendary summer edition. And you get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. It's all part of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription. Get your today at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Football season can get a little hectic from grabbing snacks for the tailgate to fueling your kids for practice. Experience drone delivery with Wing. Get fast, safe, and eco-friendly delivery in 30 minutes or less. Now in select neighborhoods in Dallas-Fort Worth. To see if Wing has landed in your neighborhood, visit wing.com slash Texas football. Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days, and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high-quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment or medications if you don't have insurance. Really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Visit BeWellTexas.org. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by BCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that's feeling claustrophobic. My okay. name is Greg Tepper. I'm not that bad. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you'll us the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley Pickle. Hi. So right now they're looking at my webcam. You might notice a different backdrop. That's because, bam! Oh, wait. <laughs> this bam! makes me very tense. Because normally, this is true. Like, normally, like, if you guys ever, like, this is my single cam right here, yeah. right? Pickle usually sits right over there. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't have to like I don't like buzzing the lens. I don't like looking directly into the lens cuz it feels very like yeah. um yeah, like that. It feels very like insincere. Yeah. So like a lot of times if you guys notice, go back and watch. I'm just like talking to you. Yeah. Like it just feels more natural. It feels like yep. less of a jerk than than just like buzzing the camera and staring at the camera. Um anyway, all that's to say, 
Hi, Pickle. Hello. To Welcome to the desk. This feels like more of a podcast, to be honest with you. It does. It feels very podcast This feels very like relaxed, podcasty. Like it is relaxed over there, but you're also like in your own little setup. Yeah. This is more like bros chilling. That's us. <laughs> We're just broing down. <laughs> Today is Thursday, February 15th, 2024. It is uh, some number of days till Thanksgiving, 287 days to Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to uh, noted rappers Megan the Stallion. Oh, nice. And also turning 21 today. Can I get the single? You are on the single. Thank you. I don't have I don't have program. You should pull it up. Turning 21 today. Little poopy. Is it poopy or poppy? I'm looking at it right now. It <laughs> and it's poopy. poopy. All right. Um, Megan the Stallion is, she's from... Um, she's she's from, from H-Town. She's from... She was born in San Antonio. Oh, right. even better. 210. Uh, it's episode 1,700 and whatever. It's uh, 31. Thank you. On today's show, folks, uh, we got some headlines from across the state, including a job opening that is... Uh, a job that has become open for the first time in my life. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that. And then back half of the show, it's Math Tuesday, where Math we're going Tuesday. to dive into the numbers. We're still kind of dissecting realignment, things like that. And so one of the things I want to look at is which teams got the best draws compared to where they were, and maybe which teams the road got a little bit tougher. We'll talk about that coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? Pickle, I'm going to keep looking here. Like, sorry. <laughs> this, um, is, this is weird. Yeah. We, my face or being in front of my face. Please don't make me answer that on the <laughs> Um, It was Jersey number 69, Daniel Agnew, TJ Hudson, and Ed McElroy. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome, friends. We appreciate you spending little Poopy's birthday with us here on, uh, on Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Um. Let's get to some headlines from across the state. There's been a few things that I've, that I've wanted to talk about. First of all, uh, it's probably too late to talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Superb bow. Um, uh, we, we watched the Super Bowl. It I, was a good game. It was a good game. Um, I watched the Nickelodeon broadcast. Which rocks. We did not. Um, I watched the Nickelodeon broadcast. And um, look, they're, they're doing bits, obviously. They have SpongeBob there. Um, but I will say this um, about the Nickelodeon broadcast of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They were very clearly being intentional about, like, explaining things to mm-hmm. the audience, knowing that there's a fair chance that this is the first, like, football game they've seen or, like, they've only seen a few number of football, number of football games. And I loved it. Yeah. Like, at the very beginning, they were like, all right, you see that yellow line? Like, they have four plays to get 10 yards. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I I think one of the things that we take for granted. Like if you're watching the show, like you probably know a little bit about football. Like you have a baseline understanding of how football works. Mm-hmm. If you don't, I think we take for granted how complicated it is mm-hmm. and how complicated it looks and like how high the barrier of entry is. Oh yeah. Cuz it makes you feel dumb. Yeah. Cuz you're like I don't know how this works, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things where it gets hard at that point to to like ask too many questions because when you're watching it with someone that really gets it, some, it's hard to put something that you genuinely like firmly grasp into terminology that people that have no idea what you're talking about are going to get it. It's hard to dumb that down in your mind. It is. And, and like, you know, it's one of the things that like I'm on the, like I've done I did a couple of uh, 
games on color commentary for ballet, right? Mm-hmm. The state championship games. And like if I went out there and I explained what a false start was like mm-hmm. on the air, my producer would get in my ear and say, stop. What are you doing? Yeah. But like I think that is a really good avenue of like, hey, we know our audience. Mm-hmm. We're, theoretically, there's going to be a younger audience who mm-hmm. probably is not as familiar we want to welcome them to the party. And I think there's a real lesson in meeting people where they are there. And I yep. think that's great. Like, yep. I, I don't know. Like, there's it wasn't perfect. They had Adam Schefter's daughter out there, <laughs> which was strange. Um, and then, of course, SpongeBob and Patrick, Larry the Lobster was running around. I saw Plankton was attacking. Plankton um, was, uh, um, they had a whole bit where Squidward was waiting in line for the bathroom the entire time. I saw that on game. Twitter. Dora the Explorer was the rules analyst. That's all. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was really like, I thought it was it was it was because there's a good chance, especially with the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. that that's the only football game that you're uh, watching all year. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, they're not locked into UTSA and North Texas. No, you know, no, probably not. That would be a <laughs> maybe weird, they are. That'd be a weird combo. <laughs> Super Bowl and UTSA and <laughs> North Texas. Those rock. are your those are your two. Yeah. Um, no, it was cool. Mallory and I were in San Marcos because we were having a meeting with the THSCA the next day. And um, when we, we went to go grab a bite to eat and we saw them setting up a big old projector screen mm. in the hotel. We were at the embassy uh, suites in San Marcos. And yeah, so they had a huge projector screen up with like speakers and stuff. So we just went back cool. to the hotel, sat in the lobby. We were two of the only people in there, but it was cool. Watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, congratulations to the former Dallas Texans. Um, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I've told you this, but like my my grandfather mm-hmm. was a Texans fan. Like, and so he like when I grew up, like growing up, he was a Chiefs fan, right? Because he's like, no, that's that's my team. I had, I don't know who these carpetbaggers are that play in Arlington, Arlington or, yep. or Irving at the time, but it's like you know I'm I'm a Dallas Texans fan, and that's my team. So uh, anyway, congratulations to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, some some news from the high school football world. Um. This was broken by Matt Stepp on TexasFootball.com last week, and I think it's worth talking about. Um, so realignment came out, and one of the things that we looked at was um, some, of, some of the odd districts out there. One of them was 3-3-A Division Two. 3-3-A Division Two is Crane, Alpine, Anthony, and Tornillo, way out west. It's a four-team district. Obviously, with four teams making the playoffs, congratulations, you all make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you look at, excuse me, if you look at the map, it makes a lot of sense because yeah. there's no one else out there Mm-mm. or way far flung. The problem is that uh, last week, Tornillo's school board voted to suspend football for the next two seasons. Basically, b- bottom line of it is that they just don't have enough kids. Right. They don't have enough. It's a 3-3. It's a 3A Division two school, but like they just do not have enough football players out there. Yeah. And so... They have just, they've decided to suspend football for a couple of years. That's problematic. Like, that happens every year. It happens a lot in the six-man world of like, oh, mm-hmm. we're just not going to play this year, et cetera. Whatever. It happens. What is problematic is that it is a four-team district, mm-hmm. which means that now it's a three-team district. Now, it is probably simpler than it, it seems that – the winner of District 4, 3A Division 2, which, like, let's just say it's Wall. Mm-hmm. Wall would just get a bye mm-hmm. in the first round of the, of the playoffs. Um, I think they played Tornillo last year in the first round of the playoffs, and they beat them pretty handily. Right. It does sound like, from what I understand, I believe Carl Padilla reported this from the Padilla poll, that they are going to move Odessa Compass 
from District 4, which is probably the next closest, closest to that area, right. from District 4 to District 3. Because how many teams did District 4 have in five. it? Five. So, so I think now two, it's four. either five or six. But yeah, six. so oh, either yeah. way, they'll, they'll now have two two districts with four teams in it. Yeah. Um, which if you're traveling that far anyway, what what's an extra it's kind handful of. of miles? And by the way, like Odessa Compass... Um, it might not even be that they much were in They were in with them the past realignment, too. They were yeah. with Alpine and Crane. So um, that's, that's something to keep an eye on there. There's still going to be some moving parts with realignment. It's probably not firmly set because I don't think the UIL has heard all the appeals yet. Mm-hmm. But keep an eye on that. Um, the big coaching change of the offseason, I would say, would probably be Todd Dodge taking the job at Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has found his, his offensive coordinator, and it is a familiar name, Marshall Williams. Marshall Williams, who is the who was most recently the head coach at Keller Timber Creek, is going to be leaving the uh, Timber Creek to become the new offensive coordinator at Lovejoy. Um, Marshall Williams is a guy who's got ties to South Lake Carroll, um, so there's a Dodge connection there. Uh, I am sure these guys have met. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there is also, and and I don't want to I don't want to to lay this out too too far. Because who knows what the future is going to hold. But when, when I first heard this, reported by Matt Stapp on textfootball.com, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my first thought was, okay, Todd Dodge is probably not going to coach for 20 years. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you're a guy, like, I, I think there, there might be this notion of like, why would you leave a head coaching job at a 6A program and become an office coordinator at a 5A program? Because. Because if you can, I wonder if, and this is me speculating, I'm talking with Coach Williams. I wonder if there's a sense of like, oh, when coach retires mm-hmm. again or, you know, goes becomes the new head coach of Texas. Yeah. I will become like I will be next in line. That 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 to me, I would imagine has some pull in this. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a I mean, Dodge did that at Westlake mm-hmm. with Tony, yeah, Salazar. Tony Salazar. It's like, man, come over here, let me get you like primed and ready and yeah. then not putting the school board in a stronghold, but just being like, Hi. Yeah. I have a guy that's ready. If you want to continue the success, here they are. So, yeah, it would make perfect sense. Um, Palestine has found their next head coach, and it is a name familiar to Dave Campbell's Texas football. James Reyes is going to be the next head coach there. He's done fa- fabulous, fabulous things at Lumberton. Mm. Really helped turn that 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 program around uh, and turned uh, turned Lumberton, the Raiders, into, into a real winner. Uh, coach Reyes is going to replace Lance Angel, who announced his retirement in early January. But Reyes, uh, they went 11-2 in 2022, which is pretty, con- pretty remarkable. Lumberton had been a program kind of struggling for a while so he really took over and did some great things one of the big high profile openings across the state of texas was shadow creek Mm -hmm. alvin shadow creek if you may remember that brad butler uh who retired in january um they have promoted from within they promoted their assistant head coach tyrone green to be the next head coach we had heard some pretty big names sniffing around that job Mm -hmm. this was a job that was in high demand people were after this job yeah um, I mean, obviously, it's a state championship winning program. Mm-hmm. It's in that. It's in, in my opinion, the right part of the state as far as talent is concerned. There's a lot of talent in yep. Alvin ISD. I know they're. It's it, a nice little place to live down there. Nice too. place to live. You're. I know it's getting split a variety of different ways with 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 Manville and Iowa Colony and Shadow Creek, but mm-hmm. still, uh, they end up staying in house, promoting Tyrone Green to be the next head coach there. Which I was just a little surprised. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It was technically really like only the second hiring that they had ever done at that school so you probably take your time see what interest you can get from people but it seemed like that lasted a long time to then mm. just go and promote within but obviously well, he beat out all the other candidates yeah they did their due diligence yep um and i do want to mention i want to pay off a tease um i want to talk about now what is one of the most high profile openings in the state of texas 
Uh, Corpus Christi Cal Allen is open. Steve Campbell has retired. Um, he is um, uh, he took over for Phil Danaher when Phil Danaher retired uh, in 2022. Mm-hmm. He was head coach for a couple of years. He was the longtime consigliere. Forty for years, Dan- I for think. Phil Danaher. He was he was his right hand man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were tied at the hip. Yeah, uh, Phil Danaher and Steve Campbell. Steve Campbell uh, became the head coach. Went 20 and five in two seasons. Uh, he announced uh, his, he. Uh, 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 announced his retirement on Tuesday afternoon. Cal Allen is open. What is notable about that? When think back to 2022, when mm-hmm. Phil Danaher retired, it was I don't know if it was instantaneous, but it was the next day. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> that they were going to promote Steve Campbell. Mm-hmm. That he's going to be the next head coach. It's done and dusted. No, yeah. this is the first time that Cal Allen is open. That they are looking, looking for, for a, coach. a coach since 1984. 1984 is when Phil Danher got hired from Hampshire Finette. And since then, they have had coaching stability. <laughs> like, I want you to think about uh, Pilot Point. Pilot Point's uh, uh, head coach uh, is, is um, uh, stepping down today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt said reported that. They're going to be on their fourth coach in four years yeah. this year, in 2024. Their fourth coach in four years. Cal Allen has had two coaches in my entire life in 40 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Insane. Like that's shoot. My mom, I don't even think was in high school yet. You know, like that. that's crazy. It is. Yeah. Since 1984. And and look, wow. Cal Allen is one of the most, I mean, it's what, it's a strange situation because on one hand, it is one of the most consistently excellent programs on the Coastal Bend, plain and simple. It is the flagship program of the Coastal Bend. Absolutely. Um, and, and has been, you know, they produced the winningest coach in For Texas football history. <laughs> However, you want to talk about big shoes to fill. But you're talking about two guys mm-hmm. in Campbell and Danaher who, and I know this is a strange thing to say, but they combined to win like 400 and what? How many did... Danaher finished with 432 430 something like that um so they combined to to uh no over 500 wins in his career although he was he did some at Hampshire Finette before, before him there. um I would need to know how many he had at, at Cal Allen I would need to look that up but yeah at least 450 wins over over these years and you're stepping in that role so it's like big shoes to fill you talk mm-hmm. about not wanting to be the guy after the guy right it's like you know who wants to take over after Nick Saban? Mm-hmm. It's like Steve Campbell was was obviously the guy after Phil Danner. Right. But essentially, because of the coaching, like him being like, there was no changes there. No. Well, guy. and I think with Steve Campbell, you look at it and say, okay, why why is he already retiring after two years? So he was with Danaher for 40 years before then. You know, like he is getting older. You know, yeah. he probably wants to retire and hang up the cleats. And so it was like, just go out there, be able to say you were a head coach at a really good mm-hmm. program for a couple of years, and then you, you hang up the hat too, you know, and, and then be done with it. One, but 20, it's not yeah. because Cal Allen's falling apart. It's yeah. because he's been coaching for years. All right, I've got it. So he retired. He had 422 wins at Cal Allen. 22. Darn it. I said 432. Four, I was close. 422 wins, and then you add in 20 more for Steve Campbell after two years. So these two guys, since 1984, combined for 442 wins. 
That's crazy. That's insane. Um, anyway, uh, we wish Coach Steve Campbell the, the very best as uh, Cal Allen is truly open for the first time in 40 years. Watch this space. And those are some headlines from across the state. We are at Texas Football today. We're sitting abnormally close to one another. Here in Texas, we're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Also on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Coming up here in just a moment, Math Tuesday. Don't look at your calendar, but first, or from these goods and services. Welcome back, Texas Football Today. I'm Greg, that's Ashley. We don't normally sit this close together, but uh, but one of the reasons that we are is that Pickle cannot contain our excitement, because today is Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Yo. It's Math Tuesday here on Texas Football Today, where we dive into the numbers of Texas high school football across the state of Texas. And, and, and we've talked about this on a couple of other Math Tuesdays, UIL realignment. UIL realignment is fundamentally just a big data dump. There's a lot of ways to, to, to slice it and dice it. So we're going to continue to slice and dice uh, exactly what UIL realignment looks like. And, and one of the, the hot topics of that, and one of the questions we always get asked around here is, hey, who won? Who won realignment? Who were the teams that, that came out on top and who lost? Who were the teams that, that came out, uh, got, got a tough draw and, and got the short on the stick? And I think that it's, it's hard to, to parse that because in some respects, you are, you're obviously not in control of your own destiny. But furthermore, a lot of the... A lot of your realignment destiny is set by your geography. Mm-hmm. You got to remember that that uh, they are never going to put Canadian and Gunner in the same district. No, do you know what I mean? Like, Which would rock. It would rock objectively. We would love it, but they would have to meet up for a, a district game in Abilene every single it would, year. It wouldn't happen. Like no. because of that, you're always going to be in districts with teams around your size, mm-hmm. around your you know around your area, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that it's hard to parse. Obviously, if you're moving up a classification, moving up from 5A to 6A, things are probably going to get tougher. Yeah. Right? For the most part. Not always. Not always. Sometimes moving up is a blessing. Yeah. But most times it is. Theoretically, if you drop down a classification, you can be the big fish in the small pond. Mm -hmm. Right? So what I wanted to do was I wanted to remove some of the variables. and I wanted to exclude class changes. Okay. And just look at teams who their district alignment changed in a fundamental way. Okay. So they went from maybe a difficult district to an easier district. And obviously, look, again, if you're in the DFW Metroplex, you're going to be with teams at the DFW Metroplex. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to do was take a look at teams that didn't change classes Mm -hmm. but got favorable or maybe non-favorable draws. Let's start with the teams that got the favorable draws. The teams that got the uh, the uh, a draw from the UIL that is probably the most favorable to them. And this is, by the way, based on the computer rankings, the Dave mm-hmm. Campbell's Texas Football Computer Rankings. If you're looking for a big winner, and we talked about this on Realignment Day, yeah. it's the Mesquite Schools yes. in 5A. North Mesquite and West Mesquite. They go from being in a district with Forney and Lancaster and Longview and Lufkin and Tyler and McKinney North, by the way. Yep. And they instead go into 
Carrollton ISD and Dallas ISD. That is big dub. That is a glow up. That yeah. is about as good as you could ask for if you were North Mesquite, West Mesquite, as far as going from a very difficult situation to, I think, a more manageable, manageable one. one. Next one, we're going across the Metroplex to Fort Worth, to Saginaw and Fort Worth South Hills. Remember, these were two teams that were in the Alito, Denton, Ryan, Burleson, Centennial District, add in Justin Northwestern in that one. Instead, in this alignment, they get shoved into Fort Worth ISD, which if you're South Hills and you're Saginaw, you're saying, thank you very much. We don't have to deal. If you're playing uh, Fort Worth Northside in week six instead of Alito, that's a pretty good deal, I would say, for Saginaw and, and, and for South Hills. In the six-man ranks, I found this interesting. White Deer. White Deer goes from a district with Miami, who was fantastic last year, McLean, who's got state championship pedigree, and Follett, who's always a contender, right? They're in 1-1-A Division One. They do not change districts, but the district changes around them. A lot of it is that teams moved around from them. I believe Miami dropped down a classification, and mm-hmm. they moved out Follett, things like that. And instead, they are put into districts with six-man newcomer Booker, six-man newcomer Boys Ranch, Claude, who I believe is in, for, in their emphasis as a six-man program, and then Will Dorado, who hasn't been playing football for all that long. This is, for White Deer, they're kind of the most known commodity oh, yeah. in that district. They're going from being in, being like fighting for, for a playoff spot to being, in my opinion, the, the, the favorite, or at least the most known commodity. I know this is not who we're talking about, but that triggered something in my brain there it's funny to think about with like boys ranch moving i know we're not talking about moving classifications but with boys ranch moving from 2a down to 1a mm-hmm. it's almost like oh yeah you would think that they are their numbers are probably a little bit bigger they might be you know more of a competitor but on the other side you're also going against teams who all they know is six-man football yeah. and you're trying to learn something new so that talk about a learning curve that could go one of two ways i think you're you're exactly right if you want to talk about an exception to the idea of dropping down means you're going to get better. Yeah, I think dropping six a six man. man is tough because it's just it's just a different game mm-hmm. and and you're playing against teams who they grew up playing. Th- that. That's the only exactly thing that they right. know. Taylor also a winner in this regard. Again, they didn't change districts. It's in District 13, 4A Division One, but instead of being in with San Antonio, Davenport, Lampasas, Marble Falls, Burnett, they are instead in with Austin ISD. And Maynard New Tech. Mm-hmm. Which Maynard Austin- New Tech is bumping up. A cl- they're choosing yeah. to opt up a classification. Even, even with LBJ in there, mm-hmm. and, and certainly that's that's not e- that's not going to be easy for them, even with that, I would say that overall, and the numbers bear that out, that they that think that better for them. And then, kind of back up the greater DFW area, Alvarado and Walks Hatchie Life. Al- remember, these were, two, these were the other two teams in yeah. the China Springs-Stevenville La Vega district. Well... By virtue of that district kind of blowing up, mm-hmm. La Vega and China Spring dropping down to 4A Division II, Stevenville getting shipped out west. They now get into a district with Carrollton Ranchview, Fort Worth, uh, Castleberry, Lake Worth, Cannondale, and Waxhatchee. And, and, and Cannondale, rather. Cannondale is probably the favorite in that district, but I yeah. would say for Alvarado and Waxhatchee life, they probably fared pretty well. Mm-hmm. So those are the teams that, according to the Dave Campbell's Texas football computer, got favorable draws in realignment. What about the opposite of that? What about teams that uh, maybe the uh, maybe the the road got a little tougher for them? You see the thing and you go, oh man. Let's start with Lexington and Rogers. Yeah, Lexington and Rogers uh, were uh, you know at Buffalo's pretty good. Clifton's had some good years, but uh, but essentially they were two of the the favorites in District Three, Thirteen Three A Division Two. Now Thirteen Three A Division Two kind of changes around them, and they get Blanco, Comfort, and Thrall in their district as well, which was great for Lano. <laughs> Very good for Lana. <laughs> they went from 13-3 AD1 to 13-3 AD2 and yikes. Out west, 
Bovina. Bovina was in a pretty manageable district. Rawls had a pretty good year. The Jackrabbits did, but Hale Center, Crosbyton, Lockney, Sudan. Now uh, they get a snoot full of Groover and Stratford. Stratford dropping back down to a Division One. They are going to get thrown in there. Farwell, pretty decent as well, so keep an eye on, on that. Down in San Antonio, Alamo Heights, Harlandale, and McCollum. They were in a district with San Antonio ISD, and Alamo Heights, go look at the numbers, ran they through ran them. through that district. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ran through that district. Um, I know Alamo Heights, if you talk with their coaching staff, they wanted to play a more difficult schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, great news. <laughs> Bernie, San Antonio Veterans Memorial, you even add in a team like Victoria West and Kerrville Tyvee, the glow-up is real as far as that's concerned. Big big doings there. They got uh, they. There's a lot of uh, a lot, much more of a challenging path there for Alamo Heights, McCollum, and Harlandale. Well, and they they got lucky that Liberty Hill moved out yeah. because that was around where they were. Yeah, they were I think they the were last time. 13. Yeah. yeah. So it was. They, uh, they, they did get. They did catch one break yes. with Liberty Hill not being shoved in there with Bernie and them. DFW. In DFW, Colleyville Heritage and Grapevine. Now, Colleyville Heritage and Grapevine, I remember doing realignment 2022 mm-hmm. and thinking, okay, like they're going to romp through that district. And they did, by the way, with 4th Southwest, well, 4th ISD basically, Arlington Heights, uh, Northside, Polytechnic, et cetera. Now, no such luck. Argyle, Mansfield Timberview, The Colony, Mansfield Summit, Everman. It's a much more difficult one. That's a draw. fun district. It is a very tough. That's district. a fun district. And is it is that nine teams? That's a nine team district. So it's going to be a scramble. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a real scramble there. And there's going to be some really meaningful football games in, in October there in three five eight division two. And then finally, Channel View. Poor Channel View. They go from Pasadena ISD plus Deer Park, and they get thrown into. Uh, if it weren't for eleven six A, it would be the other district of Doom. The mm-hmm. other team, the other district with two state finalists yep. in twenty three six A, specifically North Shore, Summer Creek, Atascacita, uh, Sheldon C. E. King, et cetera. Channel View got a pretty rough draw as it uh, as it stands. So there you go. There's there's crunching some numbers on the most favorable and least favorable draws for teams that again didn't change classifications. It's uh it's it's still a, a time for us to kind of uh figure out exactly what UIL realignment is going to mean for, for Texas High School writ large. Uh, but I would say for these teams, they got either good news uh, a couple weeks ago or uh, maybe some tough news. Yeah, um, and, that's, and that's one of the best parts about realignment is watching, like you get to live watch people's reactions. Because oh, yeah. some people do the sigh of relief and other people do the sigh of, oh no, and they're very distinct sighs. Yes. Like yeah. you can you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that is Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Let's go all the way over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Ashley? <laughs> Has to travel a long way to get there. <laughs> um, I don't really have any final thoughts other than the fact that I'm glad that this worked. Thanks for bearing through some of the audio issues during the pre-show, but uh, we tried out a new system and yeah, it worked, which it is worked. good. Which is good because, again, we're going to be on the road here uh, starting in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, the show will be consistent. Before we're um, able to, to move back into our uh, our humble abode here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The mothership. More information to come. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Oh, you do this? You yeah. Know we can do this. Yay. Vince Young. Come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.